You're listening to the Five Questions Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shaw-Bell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most my interesting people by asking them just five questions. Zach is known for his clever magic tricks and has amassed over 100 million followers. His company, King Studio, has partnered with brands such as Disney, Apple, Sony, Nike, and Coca-Cola. We talk about how he's built his film and social media career during this podcast episode. How did a rejection letter from film school motivate you to build a career in film? You know, the rejection letter went against everything that I was growing up to become that I thought. I thought you had to become a filmmaker and go to film school in order to make movies. You know, I learned that wasn't the case at the time and it was just so serendipitous that YouTube had come out. I was an active user on there. I'd post home videos, nothing serious. I don't even know what that channel is called, but I was learning all the stuff about filmmaking, whether it's editing. I was really a nerd about Final Cut Pro. And that was during the time I, I should have been in film school. So I still went down to California, went down to Hollywood and sat at the university and did like math, science, and you know, general ed stuff to be enrolled. But I was pretty much during classes too, editing these tutorials and posting them online. I did that for a couple years. And by the time I was graduating university and I was here then going full-time into YouTube and it was right around the time, you know, they had had AdSense programs out. They were just beta testing that were starting to pay enough income for me to live on my own. And so I was realizing there was something there. I just didn't know what it was. I find the best things I've done, places I found my lucky break when I'm exploring, following down a path of curiosity. And it's like, I wonder why this is happening. Or I wonder why people are talking about this app a lot or like what's going on there. I almost call myself just an explorer on the internet. Like that, that's what I'm doing. Just wandering around, finding these different apps, finding these different platforms to ultimately surprise people. Hopefully that surprises them in a way where it questions some of their creativity and their perspective on the world. And, you know, I mean, literally what I play with sometimes is forced perspective. There's some fun tie-ins to kind of shock people out of their normal scrolling feed and seeing their regular videos and photos. Like Good Magic does on when you're walking down a street or you see a, a sleight of hand artist, like it takes you out and you believe again that magic and wonder could actually be in the world. Well, I think part of the magic is your curiosity and willingness to experiment, which I can relate to because in the beginning, I had no idea that a blog would lead to social networks, which would lead to a writing research, speaking, or authoring right. multiple book career. I had no idea it was possible. You just had to kind of figure it out and test and, and gain these skills. And I think the collection of the skills you had and your interest and your passion and your curiosity all came together and kind of paved the way for where you are now. And you made your first film at age seven. How has your creative process evolved and how do you continue to keep yourself relevant? You know, the creative process has evolved a lot, especially by who's around me creatively on the team. You know, I, I get the credit for a lot of these videos, but over the years I've built up a writing team and a production team and a, a team that helps me figure out how to make them possible. Like we work, we all work together. So I love that it's not even my ideas that are, are being created anymore. I'm kind of at the face or the watermark, if you will, because we've created that character. But other than that, like I love crafting it with the team and figuring out all these different, whether it's illusions or tricks or stories and how we pair those together. I'll do things that get that kind of shake me out of my everyday habitual creative process routines. And then that's where I see like different things in the world and, and get those different perspectives. And that's where ideas start connecting. As far as staying relevant, lately in my concepts in the last couple of years, I've really been trying to make them more evergreen where we, when we make a concept, it's like, is this going to be around in 15 or 20 years or even in a hundred years? For me, the thought that I, that I have is how do I say something that's interesting? And that I think is keeping the storytelling really 
fresh and new. And while we may even use some of the same trick mechanics, what's the current storytelling that we can change? What story have we not told that would be interesting? Yeah, and speaking of storytelling, you're a content creator, but at the heart of it, you're also a storyteller. What do you think are the elements to crafting a story that really resonates with people and uh, elicits an emotion? You know, I think the ones where you elicit the emotion comes down to humanity and your approach, really an authentic approach to that humanity and that subject. I'll give you an example. I did a story, it was the one that I had the I was the most proud of creating, but I told my son's story from foster care into adoption. And my wife and I are very involved in foster care. And most of my work is very positive. It's uplifting, they're short, they're little magic things. This had really nothing to do with that style of brand, but a different part of my life that was a big chunk of my life. And I wanted to tell it just for my audience. And I saw that film elicit a big emotional response response in the audience and, and myself. And I think it just came down to the subject matter. When you're telling stories that do hit on a core issue uh, that relate to everyone's humanity, that's the one that elicits the most response. I've had a hard time buying into superhero films or really fictitious worlds. I kind of lately have been coming back to real life and telling stories in the ordinary world, you know, has people's extraordinary abilities. That's what's impactful to me. Yeah. And I, I'm a huge comic book movie person, but I find myself spending a lot more time, especially now that Hollywood is closed yeah. for business, watching documentaries. One of the things that's really happened recently is that anyone with a platform is feeling the social pressure to speak out against racial inequality and injustice. Now. I feel like there's more of a responsibility to act and support people that need it the most, that are being suppressed. What do you think is your responsibility to your audience when it comes to social and political issues? You know, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. I've been thinking about it as this time has happened with Black Lives Matter. But in the past, when there's a big injustice in the world, I feel like I, I want to speak out about it. Social pressure, I don't think is always, in this case, a, a healthy thing. Because I've seen both sides of it, where I don't think the, the quick response is always the best response. I think you it takes time to think, to listen and think and reflect, and then figure out what do you have to add to the conversation? What, what are your reflections on it? And I find myself in that period, personally, on this matter, where I started rushing into, like I normally do with a trend, and not that this was a trend, but it had the same momentum. I was I was hurt. I watched the videos, and I was like, this is terrible. Like, I have to, why would I not say something? And as I found myself drafting the first response and starting to create a piece of, uh, not a regular magic video, but I wanted to create an illusion that would highlight the matter that we're talking about. A few days into it, I realized that was a forced thing. Like, I wanted to be part of the conversation and felt like pressure I had to, I found myself actually just listening. Like every single night, my wife and I were in some sort of Zoom with uh, a black friend or my brother-in-law is African-American and half Korean. And he told his story, which is different than other stories. And I leaned back from the pressure of it and saying like, I don't have to give a response that yes, we have a responsibility to use our platforms. And I think that's really important but like how we do it and when and getting it, engaging in a conversation that you're not well versed in, I think is a really dangerous thing, especially on the internet. I, I have nothing against taking your time as long as you really are actually learning and actually educating. Yeah, I agree. It's a, choose the way you want to make an impact if that's something you're comfortable with and aligns with your values and type of content that you put out, whether it's in your community or, you know, in your small social circle. And a lot of my author friends are like, well, the most impactful thing you can do is to spread the word with your platform. That's how I, would, I was uh, taking it. I was always also thinking of like what you were saying, let me educate myself. Let me do a ton of research and come out with like a 4,000 word article 
that hits all the key points and addresses the issues that I don't even think were addressed as much, like income inequality is a huge part of it. And that connects to racial inequality and police brutality in a sense, because police brutality, a lot of police protect the rich and not the poor. And a lot of mm. people who are poor in the country and African-Americans. So I was trying to, and with coronavirus, so I was in the recession and every, I was just basically saying, hey, there's all of these things happening at once and we have to look at all of them as coming together and making the issue worse. But the issue has been here before this. Right. So I, I agree with what you said. I think research is a really key component. And finally, what is your best piece of career advice? It's to not always set goals, which I know you, Dan, because um, I've heard some of your interviews about and your work about goal setting. And the reason I say don't set goals is because I found some of my best ideas come from not necessarily knowing what my goals are. Like 10 years ago, I wasn't saying I'm going to be a social media creator with millions of followers. But what I did know was kind of my mission statement of that season of my life. And it can always change every couple, every year or two. I feel like it does slightly adjust the words in the mission statement. As long as I'm aligned with the mission, I may not my, know my goals. Like I'm in a season of that now with COVID and changing the studio. It's like, I don't know my specific goals, but I know I'm still on that mission of surprising people, a pleasant surprise and adding wonder into people's day and creatively being satisfied every day when I, when I go through my day. Like it's not easy, but like that at the core of it, I feel like I'm doing something I love still. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Zach. To follow his journey, you can find him on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter, where he shares his latest creative videos, appearances, and travels. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan Schaubel, and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs>